since this episode has to do with suicide, you know, if if you feel like that material is sensitive to you, maybe this isn't the episode for you to listen to, which, you know, I totally relate to. I've definitely had those feelings in my life. I've lost people to suicide. I'm very empathetic towards that subject. Um, I also wanted to offer the suicide hotline. It is 1-800-273-8255. If you're having suicidal thoughts, please reach out to a friend or a family member. Um, sometimes even just talking about it does help. Mm-hmm. So if Don't you're... they also have like a text line that you can do? Probably. Yeah. And we will look that up for you and put that in the show notes. Yeah. As we concentrate that the gifts of the Holy Spirit might function are what the secularist might speak of as the paranormal, let us believe. Let us believe. What do you want to call me a murderer for? I've never killed anyone. I don't need to kill anyone. I think it. I have it here. What an excellent day for an exorcism. Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. Go into the light. Here's Johnny. Please, God. This is God. You still wake up sometimes, don't you? Wake up in the dark. Hear the screaming of the lamb. And we are rolling. Hi, everyone. This is Hauntings and Homicide. I'm Selena. I am terrified of everything, so I sleep the nightlight. And I'm Heather, and I haven't slept in years. Anyway, my case is something that I think about a lot. I think about this case a lot. Um, and this is the suicide of Peg Entwistle, which occurred in 1932, which I realize is pretty interesting because in the last episode um the paul byrne murder Mm. suicide happened in 1932 also so i'm just this is basically a continuation this this episode is kind of a part two to our last episode we're doing kind of like a haunted hollywood theme just because we can Mm -hmm. and we felt like it okay so Millicent Lillian Entwistle was born in Wales on February 5th, 1908, making her an... Aquarius. Aquarius, that's right. Her parents were English, and Millicent, known as Peg for short, like I said, spent most of her early life in London. Peg and her father, an actor, immigrated to New York City in 1913. Many sources claim that Peg's mother had died a short time before this expedition, but official documents were uncovered, including a will stating that Robert, Peg's father, had divorced Emily, Peg's mother, and he forbid custody of Peg to ever be awarded to her. Uh, so whatever was going on here, I get the idea that Emily wasn't fit for motherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't want to make any assumptions, so... All I know is that most sources claim that she died, and I feel like something wasn't right because, like, Peg never had contact with her ever again yeah. in her life. And I feel like if if she was unfairly cut out, Peg would have tried to reach out later on, mm-hmm. and she never did. So I'm guessing she wasn't the best person. 
1922, Robert was killed in a hit-and-run accident on Park Avenue. So that sucks. Peg and her two younger half-brothers, so I guess he got remarried, they were sent to live with an uncle who was manager of a prominent actor, Walter Hampton, at the time. This actor, Walter Hampton, began helping Peg out as she got older, as she wanted to become an actress as well, like her dad. Peg started gaining notoriety on the stage and landed a big role at the age of 17 playing the lead Hedvig in the 1925 production of The Wild Duck. (laughs) Doing air quotes. (laughs) Betty Davis happened to be in the audience and was inspired to take up acting due to Peg's moving performance. She told her mother, I want to be just like Peg Entwistle. Betty Davis was also just 17 years old, and without Peg, we may have never had Betty. And what's interesting about that is that Betty Davis is Meryl Streep's hero. So then we may never have had Meryl Streep, etc. So, after The Wild Duck, Peg landed her first credited Broadway role, and her career only escalated from there, performing in 10 plays from 1926 through 1932. In 1927, Peg married Robert Keith in a courthouse ceremony. But the marriage lasted only two years, ending in divorce. Peg cited cruelty as her reasoning, along with the fact that she hadn't been informed that Robert Keith had already been married before and had a six-year-old son named Brian. Um, Brian Keith also grew up to be a well-known actor, but that's just a useless tidbit for you, not pertinent to the story whatsoever. But, I mean, like... you got them hating marriages? I I don't know. Isn't that what happened last week, too? Yeah. I, I don't think this guy was um, committing bigamy like the last guy was, but still, if you married a guy and then found out that he had been married before and didn't come forward with that and had a six-year-old son, yeah, you'd be like, why the fuck did you hide that? Yeah. That's that shady. Yeah. yeah. And it probably wouldn't have been a problem if he'd been, like, upfront about it, yeah. you know? Like... Her dad had been divorced. It's not like she would have been totally, like, thought that that was this big scandal and like, oh my god, like, deal breaker, red flag alert, you know? So, I don't know. It's, something's weird there. And she cited cruelty also, so I guess he was just a douche. Um, so, she was in her, she starred in her last Broadway production at this time, and I guess there was another woman that she was in the play with and this other woman who was also like top billing kept not showing up to the play due to alcoholism and so a lot of their money the money had to be given back to people Mm -hmm. and so peg got screwed out of like the salary that she was promised because this other person fucked her over really bad so she decided like you know what i think i'm done with new york i'm gonna start a new life so that's when she came over here to los angeles Um, she starred in a production of The Mad Hopes and received rave reviews. After it closed, she acted in her one and only movie picture, 13 Women, which starred Irene Dunn and Myrna Loy. So if you look her up on IMDb, this is her one and only credit. While the film didn't do very well, it did pave the way for future pictures as it was one of the very first female ensemble films. Unfortunately, Peg would never get to see her performance in 13 Women. 
On September 18th, a woman hiking in the Hollywood Hills came upon a woman's shoe, a jacket, and a purse. In hopes of finding the identity of their owner, instead, she found a note. It reads as follows. I am afraid I am a coward. I am sorry for everything. If I had done this a long time ago, it would have saved a lot of pain. P.E. The woman looked around and eventually came upon the body of 24-year-old Peg and Whistle in a ravine just below the Hollywood Land sign. Her uncle, whom she'd been living with, came to identify the body. He hadn't seen her in a couple days, and when he saw the suicide note in the paper, he made the connection. He explained to detectives that on the evening of September 16th, Peg had told him that she was going to walk to the drugstore and meet up with some friends. It seemed, though, that she'd made other plans. Peg had made her way to the southern slope of Mount Lee, to the foot of the Hollywood Land sign, used the workman's ladder to climb the 50 feet all the way to the top of the H, and jumped off. Peg had been having trouble finding work after, role, after her role in 13 Women. She was discouraged by how little recognition she was receiving from the studios, and felt like she was alone in the world, and was so broke she couldn't even afford a ticket home to New York. It seemed she felt that suicide was her only option. If Peg had held on just a little bit longer, she would have received a letter in the mail offering her a lucrative role in a play that was opening by the Beverly Hills Playhouse. A play about a woman who takes her own life in the final act. Yeah. Cue that Twilight Zone theme song. Peg's body was cremated, and the ashes were sent to Ohio, where they were buried next to her father in Oak Hill Cemetery. People to this day claim that the Hollywood sign is haunted. Multiple people, mainly hikers, have recounted tales of smelling gardenias, getting intense shivers, and then witnessing the pale form of a lady. Sometimes she's acting disoriented and disappears into thin air. And sometimes they see her jumping from the sign but never hitting the ground. And apparently, Peg's favorite perfume smelled like gardenias. Ooh. Ooh. Interesting. The end. Hmm. Um, I guess in 2014, I think, mm-hmm. there was like a big celebration um, where they showed 13 women and like honored her oh, and nice. everything. And like, so that's pretty cool. And I, I like that a mm-hmm. lot. We talked about... I think it was in the episode about Barbara Forrest and we discovered findagrave.com, mm-hmm. which I have been visiting regularly ever since then. Um, so I actually visited that website last episode and I saw Dorothy, Dorothy Minette's grave. Mm-hmm. And you can leave, like, virtual flowers and, oh, like, cute. leave comments on it. That's so cute. as if you're, like, really visiting. Yeah. And um, there was a comment on on Dorothy Millette's grave that said, like, I'll never forget you, Dorothy. Like, you're the reason I met the love of my life. He's the one who posted your picture on here. Aww. And I was like, what is this? Like, there's, like, this really interesting post. I guess two people found love on Dorothy Millette's findagrave.com, right? But... So I've been leaving virtual flowers for everyone. 
Oh, that's cute. That I see. So I left some for Dorothy, who I think got really fucked over by Paul Byrne. Um, I left some for Peg. Um, I left some for family members. What's interesting is that Peg took her own life on September 16th, 1932. And I'm like, holy shit, that's my grandmother's birthday. I didn't remember what year my grandmother had been born. And I said the year out loud. My mom was like, oh, Mimi was born that year. I'm like, um, this that's happened weird. on her birthday. That's weird. So my grand, this happened on the exact day my grandmother was born. That's which is very bizarre. So bizarre. Um... So, yeah. Hmm. Check out findgrave.com and check out all my comments on everyone's graves. Because <laughs> <laughs> if, like, I spend a lot of time physically in cemeteries, so it's only natural that, like, I'm virtually in a cemetery. Uh, yeah, I don't go venture to cemeteries. I love cemeteries. I only go see my grandma and grandpa and then that's it. I was just at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, you know, leaving offerings for Milo Nermi. Vampire. You know these pictures coming out? Some of them have. Oh, they have? Yeah. Oh. I just don't. Oh, got it. Okay. <laughs> haven't looked at them or commented or promoted them at all, which probably super pissed her off. Anyway, um, I saw the Hollywood sign. You can see the Hollywood sign from Hollywood Forever, and I thought about Peg when I was Aww. looking at the sign. It's like, really, that's what I think of. I want to I wanna hike it. I, now I do, now that I know that she's haunting it. I always told Chris that I'm like, there's so much shit that's, like, in his backyard that, like, we don't take advantage of. Not that I'm in any shape to go hike up there. Because it's, like, actually, like, I don't want to hike either, but I will hike this. It's, like, a, it's, like, an actual, I think, like, a, like, hike hike. Um, but I'll do it. Yeah. I'm like, that sounds interesting. That sounds like a future podcast episode. Yeah. Not recording it, though, because it'll just be us huffing. Yeah. <laughs> that would be good. <laughs> That would not be not, good. It would not be enjoyable. It's not not ASMR. Mm-mm. The opposite no. of ASMR. That is true. <laughs> Someone might like it though. Who knows? <laughs> Do you like listening to Darth Vader? Then yes. <laughs> so anyway, tell us about what you're doing. Um, as you can tell, there's one reoccurring theme that our podcast has. It's haunted hotels and glamorous movie stars. Mm-hmm. It's no shock that Heather and I are both obsessed with stars from the golden age of Hollywood. And today I'm taking you down to a hotel in Hollywood that apparently is being haunted by many different spirits. Mm. Even if you just go to L.A. in general, a lot of the buildings are their older buildings. L.A. has a weird vibe to it. And one of my coworkers the other day who listens to our podcast... Hi, Bridget. <laughs> um, was telling me her, I think it was her daughter. I think it was her daughter who was staying at a hotel somewhere in like downtown LA or somewhere in LA. And like, it was all bad. Like, a super haunted shit was happening. Like, she actually went down and like saged the room. I took room spray with me to the hotel I stayed in this weekend because hotel like is safe. Right? Yeah. Ew. I mean, I just take Lysol, but that's just, just fo- for germaphobe reasons. <laughs> My room spray is basically like spiritual Lysol. <laughs> well, I need physical Lysol. Like, I mean, I both to- is good. Do both. I got that bad habit from my mom. She's such a germaphobe. So now my I'm mom's like- a germaphobe too. My mom used to have this like sleeping bag thing, so she wouldn't have to like. Oh my god, that's so my mom. Because she was like, I'm not sleeping on those sheets. You yeah, my mom. She do. she won't touch the comforter. Yeah, like at all. 
where I'm like, I'll just lie side. I'm like, it's good to go. <laughs> so let's learn about the sad and dark past of the Knickerbocker Hotel. Also, from here on out, I'm just going to be referring to it as the hotel because let's face it, that's a hell of a name for a hotel and I'm bound to fuck it up. I, like, really want to hear the fuck-ups, though. No. I'm like... That's a really, You're like, robbing me of, like, a, all my entertainment. That's like a... Knickerbocker. You can I'm, say knickerbocker. No, I just feel like there's too many, like, syllables in there. <laughs> so, we're venturing back to the 1920s. The Ooh. Roaring Twenties, if you want to call it. The Age of Prohibition, which life Fuck stopped. that! And nope! Then, <laughs> Absolutely the fuck not. she's pounding her... I did not pound it. Dirty There's a third of it left. How dare you? (laughs) Also, as my salon is referring to it for our holiday party, the Gatsby era. No, the Great Gatsby era. You're having a party? Yeah, we have. Well, every salon I've worked at, we have like a holiday party. So it's technically not a holiday party because it doesn't happen until January because because you're too busy during yeah, yeah we're getting everybody else ready for their holiday parties but yeah when we had our meeting yesterday they're like oh we're having <laughs> well because it's the 20s again that is true it is we're going back into the 20s that's right which is cute because um shanna's daughter mckenna she had a roaring 20s party for turning 20 and i was like that's really cute but um yeah they're like oh we're having a great gatsby theme and i was like oh okay like because i feel like that's not like a far like everybody else they get to like dress up all crazy and i'm like that's not anything, like, crazy for me. Oh, I see. Yeah. And even when I told Chris, he goes, oh, that sucks. Because, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel like we already, like... I totally know what you mean. Yeah. So. It's like, you mean you want me to wear my regular clothes? Yeah, I'm to like... To party? Yeah, like, other people are like, I'm sure they're probably going to go buy, like, flopper dresses, like, off of right. Amazon. And I, in like, my, unique In my vintage. closet, I was like, I have, like, three dresses I could wear, but okay. <laughs> Fun stuff. Anyways, the hotel was built in 1923 and was designed by architect E.M. Fraser, and it had a Spanish colonial revival style. Mmm. Very fancy. Well, I say. And inside the hotel was the Lido nightclub, which became an instant attraction for Hollywood's elite. So, it was visited by Howard Hughes. Oh. Elvis. Betty Grable, Marilyn Monroe, and Joe DiMaggio, which we'll go back to some of those later. So, obviously the hotel had been around for a couple years. Nothing spooky had happened until October 31st, 1936. Halloween. Halloween. But also the anniversary of someone's death. Oh. River Phoenix. (laughs) Did he die on Halloween? Yeah. Oh, he did? Yes. I was all, he did? But not back then. No. Sorry, go on. River Phoenix wasn't even a fucking Shut up! Leave me eye. alone! I don't do math! Um, Bess Houdini held her 10th and final mm. seance at the hotel. We talked about that in, in our second episode. I couldn't remember if we actually talked about it or we, we did. it. No, it's in so, there. So, I can't remember. We talked about it I in said an earlier something, episode. I made a mistake and it wasn't cut, but I oh, wanted it to it be. So, I had that written. I said, so I can't remember. We talked about yeah. it in an earlier episode if we ended up cutting it. No, it's there. But we have talked about Houdini before. Uh-huh. And we talked about his wife and how, in order to prove that there was life after death, she would contact mediums and try to get in contact with Houdini. Mm-hmm. Well, she held her final seance at the hotel. 
And it was a media sensation because the last one doesn't want to know. And also, who doesn't want to know? Like, oh, is he gonna like? That means she gave up after this. <sighs> it's sad. Um. So it was led by Edward Saint, who I guess also is like her like personal assistant slash like medium slash spiritual advisor. So she kept him like around. But okay. whatever. So on a plush carpeted red table, they had a um, spirit trumpet, which I don't know what that is, but I'm assuming it's just a trumpet that would make. I'm like, hey, spirit! Like I was like, mm. I don't know if that's gonna work. Um, a bell, also noisy. Mm-hmm. Um, a piece of chalk, two slates, um, a pencil, and a black pad of paper. They were really trying to do anything and everything to get some sort of commotion. Pulled out all the stops. Yes. Extra AF. Totally. So, Bess Houdini was quoted saying, please, Harry, I've been waiting so long. Oh, God. Nothing happened. There was no contact. And like I said, it was a huge media sensation because, you know, everyone's trying to figure out there's death, life after death, blah, 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 blah. And after all of this, she had said... Ten years was long enough to wait for any man, and she gave up. Apparently, there was also this candle that had flickered for ten years, and then it went out that night, so I don't know if that had anything to do with it. I just got chills. But she said, sorry, see you on the other side. So, the next kind of creepy thing, on July 23rd, 1948, W.D. Griffith suffered a massive stroke in his room. Is he related to W.D. 40? I was really thinking that. I was like... But you know how, like, they always had initials? Like, they didn't have, like... Forget everything I've ever said. Just keep going. <laughs> that thing came, like, it crossed my Okay, good. Like, but I'm like, they always had initials. Like, they never went by their... Because, you know, their names were fucking long as fuck back then. Like, Wallen Chester Yeah, Ford. so they went, like... But whatever. Rich people. So, Griffith was a writer, director, producer, and he helped start United Artist with a few other people, like Charlie Chaplin. And he was also a founder of the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts, and Sciences. Mm. From the late um, 40s to 50s, it had kind of turned from this glamorous, like, hotspot that everybody wanted to go to, to more of, like, a low-key hideaway spot, but not, like, a grimy hideaway spot. So not like the Cecil. No. Just more, like, you went there and you didn't want, like, the paparazzi to know kind of thing. Um... Rumor has it that Marilyn Monroe and Joe DiMaggio um, had their honeymoon there. Ooh. Which. I thought they went to Japan. Oh. Because they had passports. they were in Palm Springs. Maybe they had multiple honeymoons. They probably They did. were rich and they could do whatever they yeah. wanted. They were like, on top of the world. Was that her third marriage? Yeah. And you know what? He really did love her. Oh, fuck yeah, I did. He really did love her. Oh, yeah. I'm such a sucker for anything Marilyn related. Me too. And actually, one of my favorite movies about her, and I hate saying this, was the Lifetime one. Because um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan played Joe DiMaggio, and he's just fucking hot. Isn't he, though? He's so hot. Fuck. And I was like, I just love you. Oh, yeah, he's great. But, um. (laughs) I've seen every movie she's ever made. I even the little bit parts. I was getting, those are the only ones I haven't seen yet. But also, like we said, can fucking Turner Classic Movie like 
Get your shit together, TCM. I swear to fucking God. Like, can someone have a... Like, I would pay for that. I would pay... I'm paying for fucking Disney Plus so I can watch I, the princess movies from my childhood. That's definitely not why I have Disney Plus. You I'm have in it for Star, Star Wars. Wars. <laughs> I have it because every time I'm all, Chris, have you seen this movie? No. Did you not have a fucking childhood? Like, like who hurt you? <laughs> and then my mom's all, um, why would he be watching the princess movies? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Didn't everybody watch this? I thought so. Anyway, um, what is your favorite Marilyn movie? I'm going to, and I feel like it's so cliche saying this, but it's because I know all the words. And Jane Russell also is just the most gorgeous. <sighs> just got chills. Like. I bought a jumpsuit this summer that looked like. The red one? Jane Russell's oh. black jumpsuit she wears in, in the, the, in the, the scene pool? that. Yeah. Um, isn't anyone here for love? Yeah, like, with the Olympic divers or whatever. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jane Russell. Oh, Ooh. sorry. And that would be gentlemen for bonds. It's gentlemen for bonds. But my favorite is some like it hot. That that is, is the most second. hilarious comedy ever made, and you can't change my. That's mind. a close second. You can't. You can't. It's a hard one. Goodbye. And then third place is um. How to marry a millionaire. Thank you. Yep. Those are my top because I too. understand her when she's like, I don't want to, I don't want to wear my glasses because I don't. Oh wanna, like, yeah, well, I understand. I oh. for not being able to and, look cute. Okay, so I always thought if I was going to change my name, I would change my name to Shotzi, like uh, um, Lauren Bacall mm-hmm. in that movie because I think that's a really cool name. And then it was Betty Grip, who you also mentioned. Yeah, I was like, mm-hmm. why am I like forgetting? It's a good movie. I have a brain that does You should watch that. all of them. All of them. Right now. Go watch them. Yes. We'll put them in the show notes. Right. We'll put the top three Marilyn Monroe <laughs> movies in the show notes of this episode. I think only... This episode that you know is now four hours on, long. I don't think any of them are on Netflix anymore, which is really sad. But anyways. Nope. But they're on Amazon. Some is them. Some is them are on Amazon Prime. Oh, usually what they do bring out... What was... The, was she in a Christmas one? Marilyn? Yeah. Hmm. There's no business like show business. Don't they have a Christmas number in that one? Oh, quite possibly. She's in a That couple... one I think they usually bring out around this time. Huh. Okay. I don't like musicals, so I, like I guarantee musicals. you I only saw them one time and was I like, musicals. yeet. So. I love musicals. No. I think that's why I okay. love um, Have you seen S- Swing Time? Mm-mm. See it telling you i need someone to oh well guess what it's me congratulations no i need some i need fucking a streaming service yeah you do but swing time you know i'll let you borrow it i have it on dvd it's in my top five favorite movies ever Hmm. anyways (laughs) there's a point to this podcast as if you didn't know we we like marilyn over here Uh i have two giant pictures of her we stand above my headboard we stand for life the irony of it will be one day we're going to have a big earthquake and both of them are going to fall on me simultaneously and I'm going to die. That, happy, that, that happened with the... me with my Josie and the Pussycats poster. Oh. It fell on me while I was sleeping. Oh. No, that wasn't recently. I was 12. I but... was going to say. I'm like, that's a really, like... <laughs> are we talking, like, the, like, cartoon version? No. Or the the movie? The movie. Which, I wore cat ears to school every day. My parents... Who was in that one? Wasn't it Jessica Alba? No. It was, um... Oh, God, what's her name? Rosario Dawson. Rosario Dawson, that's right. The blonde. 
I had a martini. It was very strong, so I can't remember names. Um, blonde, you know, she had some really unfortunate plastic surgery. It didn't go well. Um, and then Josie was Rachel. She was a big, like, 90s Rachel. Yeah, she was, she's all that. Yeah. Rachel. They could, my parents couldn't get me to stop dressing up like Josie at school. And they were like, I don't know what to do. You're 13 years old. Like, you should be. Tara Reed. Tara How Reed. did I forget about that? Yeah. Ooh. Rachel Lee Cook. Rachel Lee Cook. How could I forget about that? <clears throat> Anyways, back to back to the podcast. Oops. Um. So in 1962, we have another spooky kind of story. Mm-hmm. Irene Gibbons, who was a costume designer to many of the stars, including Ingrid Bergman, Marlene Dietrich, and Joan Crawford, had arrived to the hotel. A week earlier, she had shown her last fashion show at the California Fashion Show in Beverly Hills, and was quoted saying, "Anything new and beautiful makes." One think beautiful thoughts. Hmm. Well, that didn't last long because when she checked into the hotel, she was anything but happy. She was worried about her finances. Her husband just had a stroke. And the one true love of her life, which was kept a secret, um, Gary Cooper, mm -hmm, had died the year before. Which Uh apparently he had many affairs. Oops. Which... I feel like if you look at old Hollywood, it's like affairs between everybody, a bunch of drinking, and then a lot of gay stuff. Yeah, all the men were sleeping together. Yes, that's what I know. Hollywood was a wild time back then. (laughs) Um, so all of this had sent her in a downward spiral. She had drank two pints of vodka. Oh Jesus! And wrote multiple suicide notes. One of her notes said. Sorry I had to drink so much to get the courage to do this. Oh, God. So sometime in the early morning, she had slit her wrist, but that wasn't enough to kill her. So at 3.20 in the morning, she jumped and landed on the roof of the hotel lobby and passed away. Oh, dear. Which, I know that's not what happened with hypodermic Sally. Thank you. I mean, she threw, she like threw herself out, but no. Well, she was pushed. pushed. Mm-hmm. She was pushed. But I kept thinking about that. Oh, yeah. But who, was she inspired by someone? Or? I mean, when we did the episode on, on the Cecil, uh, there was a lot of people who like fell out of windows yeah. and stuff. And so probably. I don't know, but I kept thinking of her for whatever reason. Well, also my sister was hypodermic Sally for Halloween. I think so. And. No one knew who we were. That's hilarious. And I think. that was pretty fucking sad. Because I feel like that was a really like big costume for a while. Like when when Hotel first came out, I feel like a lot of people were Countess and a lot of people were Hypergenic Sally. So that's really weird. So now in 1966, William Frawley, who played Fred Mertz on the classic show I Love Lucy, was a longtime resident. Of the hotel and had lived there for 30 years before moving to the El Royale apartments. But in a very strange kind of way, as he was walking down Hollywood Boulevard, he suffered a heart attack and his nurse who was with him dragged him into the lobby of the hotel and the ambulance was called. He was driven to the hospital where he eventually died. I think it's very strange, though, that he had lived in those apartments slash hotels for so long. And when he finally moved... 
in a weird kind of way as he happens to be walking right in front of it. That's when he has his heart attack. And then dies inside. He doesn't die inside, but he was, like, dragged oh. inside. That's where they, like, called an ambulance or whatever. Well, still. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Like, did the hotel make him have a heart attack? It was like, no, we own you. Yeah. You die here. Weird. Like, weird, that is weird, right? Yeah. But also, since we were talking about it, with hotel, like, yep. you know, yep. once you die there, you, like, died on the premises yep. or whatever. So just weird. Weird stuff. That is very weird. So, in 1972, they were converted into senior-slash-low-rent apartments, and it's no longer glamorous. No? Nothing. It had another kind of, like, sad story, like, um, the Cecil, Uh where it just, you know, it's not great. It's a bummer. Rumor has it, though, when it was still a hotel, Marilyn Monroe's ghost would hang out in the bathroom... Or shall I say powder room? And you could see her, you could see her ghost looking in the mirror, powdering her face, which I think is kind of cool because obviously we love Marilyn here. Mm-hmm. We stand. We, I would want to go see her ghost. And apparently she also haunts another hotel that for the life of me, I can't remember. Like the Roosevelt or something like that. So kudos for her. She's just making her rounds. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then apparently you could also have seen Rudolph Valentino, who was an actor from the uh-huh. early night. Another American Horror Story reference. There is? Yeah. Ru- Rudy Valentino was a character on the show. Which? Hotel. He was? Yeah. The love of the Countess's life is Rudy <gasps> Valentino. That's right. Mm-hmm. I totally forgot And about I that. just went to his grave at Hollywood Forever. And it's clearly where they just filmed all those scenes where she's at his grave. I forgot about that. You know, I've been meaning to watch that one over again. I I just watched it again. Well, <laughs> For I'm, the 90th time. The other day I just um, rewatched, or I finally watched 1984. Is that what it's called? I still haven't seen it. Is that what this season's called? Yep. It's actually pretty good. I haven't seen it. Um... So, rumor has it that you could have seen him in the bar, but funny enough, he died before the hotel was even built, so I don't know where people are getting that from, but Mm. that's kind of, that would have been cool. Totally. And then also, apparently, you can see a woman, or you could have seen a woman running through the halls, kind of in grief and just not doing well, and (laughs) everyone seems to think that that was Irene Gibbons. Mm. But really no accounts of it now, maybe like... I think that's also really weird is how I, like, with the Cecil, it also got changed to, like, senior slash low-income apartments. And I think it's really weird that these haunted places are now being turned into, like, senior homes because I feel like there's such a, like, you're closer to that, like... Exactly. It's weird. Because you're closer to the veil. Yeah. That's what I was telling my mom. It's really weird. Because she was talking about how when we used to visit my grandmother, Mimi, mm-hmm. who I mentioned earlier, um, she would see old people, like, petting cats that weren't there and stuff like that. And she was saying, like, oh, well, you know, they have Alzheimer's stuff. I'm like, or is it because they can like see things kind of thing. that Same we thing, can't? So with babies, how they say babies have that kind of, yeah. like... They're closer to the veil. Yeah. Totally. I totally think that. So I think it's really interesting that they're being turned into... Well, this one already got turned into senior apartments. Mm-hmm. 
So, interesting. Yep. Do we have any obsessions? Do you have an obsession? What did you want to talk about at that? Oh. Um, I already forgot. No, I remember because, oh my god. So, you know, I'm really, really terrified of ghosts. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like my number one... The irony of all of it. (laughs) I can't, I can't... Mm -hmm. If I saw a ghost, I would probably die. Mm -hmm. Like, I would just die. Mm -hmm. Um, So... I had a I had someone reach out to me once and they were like, "Can you use tarot?" I remember this was like last year, wasn't it? Maybe. Yeah. Can you use tarot to speak to someone who's crossed over? And I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> and they were like, "Well, my I want to talk to my mom." And I was like, "You know, cuz A, I'm really fucking terrified of talking to ghosts or seeing ghosts or anything to do with ghosts. But B, this person wants to talk to their mom. That's and, heavy. like, if I can help someone do that, I'm going to suck it up and I'm going to fucking do it. It's heavy, though. It is super heavy. So I turned all the lights off. I was in here in this room. There didn't used to be a bunch of computers on this, this table. It was actually bare. Um, and I, I lit a candle. It was dark, completely dark. And so I started, you know, like, shuffling the cards, whatever. And I asked her, like, what's your mom's name? I'm going to connect with her now. I'm going to invite her in. And so I invited her mother in. And then all of a sudden, it was dead quiet. All of my dogs started howling. Howling. First of all, only Remy borderline knows how to howl whatever you know the rest of them they're not howlers but they were howling which is really eerie in itself i hate when dogs howl it's super creepy and i was just like i i probably was white as a sheet Mm -hmm. i was so scared i was like well she's here (laughs) like i borderline wanted to be like never mind sorry Mm -hmm. bye blocked um so the rest of the reading was really calm and, and fine, but, like, the fact that, like, it went from, like, zero to a hundred super quick. My dogs were howling. It's pitch black. There's candles lit. It scared the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. That was horrifying. And I hated it. So, I definitely do not advertise <laughs> that, that service. That service. Yeah. If someone reaches out to me and asks for it. Which is funny because your favorite crystal is amethyst. Isn't that like the one that like, doesn't that kind of help like invoke that? It can. Yeah. Yeah. It's usually for like You're psychic. You're just a whole like ball of irony. Yeah. Pretty much. Not, I go to cemeteries a lot. Yeah. What do cemeteries have? Dead people. And I'm, I'm fine with dead people. I mean, hello. Like their spirits aren't hanging around. I don't know. Why would you want to haunt your own grave? But what if you can't move? Like, what if you're stuck in that spot? Ew. No. Like, I think about that. Like, you know, if you watch American Horror Story, they heavily rely on the fact that where you die is where you end up Yeah. stuck. You didn't die there in your grave. No, but what I was just saying, like, what if you die in, like, a shitty place? I think that there are some spirits who haunt their graves. Like, totally. Because, like, there's that one in your Belinda. Mm-hmm. 
Do you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Well, I guess you're not from there. I'm no, from I'm there. not from the land of gracious land. <laughs> it is Fuck not. That place. It is not the land of gracious land. That's their tagline. I know. I was. <laughs> I was born there. Place. I grew up there. So there's a legend in your Belinda about the pink lady. Maybe we will. We can cover it next year because she only comes in even-numbered years. Oh. Um, and she specific. haunts... It's very diva-like to be called the pink lady. She's the pink lady, and she haunts a very specific cemetery in your Belinda. So, maybe we will. Hmm. In 2020. Interesting. Ooh. Hmm. I've been there. I've been there once on an even year, and I was pretty young. And it's, it's pretty cool because there's a lot of people there. It's kind of like a party. People oh. come to see the Pink Lady. Um, in your Belinda. In your Belinda. Okay. And some people have seen her like on the train tracks because the legend is that she got hit by a train. I'm going to say this and sound awful. Your Belinda is not fun to me. It's a bunch of Beckys. I hate to say it. I'm from there. I know. I'm sorry. I hate your Belinda. How do you think... How do you think I, I felt... Uh, Going to high school there. So who is looking out for her? Like, who? The pink lady? Yeah, it can't well, be locals. She died in, like, the 1800s. Well, what I'm saying, no, what I'm saying is I can't see, like, my clients. Oh, Thank no. God, they don't listen to this. <laughs> Only one. Um, I'm your client, nope. okay, But, like, bitch. I can't see, like, because we service people from Anaheim Hills and your Belinda, I can't see any of them, like, you know? It probably isn't just your Belinda people. It's probably people from all over Orange yeah. County. It's a pretty well-known Haunted. legend. Okay. Interesting. This cemetery is one of the oldest in Orange County. It's like the Bernardo Cemetery or something. And Bernardo was the guy who like founded Orange County or some shit like that. So it's like one of the oldest cemeteries. I could also go on and on about how I hate Orange County, but that's fine. It's kind of a disaster. It is. It's really funny because especially in Norbelinda and Anaheim Hills, a lot of the streets have Spanish names to mm-hmm. them, mm-hmm. but whatever. <laughs> we won't even go into that. It's because, like, originally it was mm-hmm. Spanish-Mexican mm-hmm. people that were here, and then they all got pushed mm-hmm. out by white people. What what is that term called? Is there a colonization? Term is it rape, murder? But like, you know how we have like mansplaining? Is there like white splaining? I literally said white splaining in our voodoo episode. You did? Yeah. Oh, I don't even. Remember. I said I was gonna white splain voodoo to everybody. Oh, I remember that. Mm-hmm. But it's so interesting to me because all of not all of Orange County, but a lot of them. Are very racist, but that's fine. Oh, yeah. They're super racist. Anyways, do you have an obsession before we drag this do on? Do you have an obsession? Um, I'm assuming your obsession is... Do you want, you, don't want to talk, you don't have anything? No. Oh, you don't want to talk Not about really. your weekend? No. Oh. I had a pretty good weekend. It was nice. <laughs> um, I mean, I have an obsession. It's just Netflix-related. Ooh. Um, Atypical started again, season oh, three. Oh, shit. I just... I'm like... <clears throat> I'm like only ten minutes into the first episode. Of, like... Of season three. Oh, I was like... Um, Michael Rappaport is one of the loves of my life. I don't know why. He's, Which one's that? He's the dad. 
Oh. I love him. What else is he in? He's been in a bunch of stuff, like a bunch of um, like late 90s, early 2000 movies. Like, he's done... Like what? Well, I can't think of anything right now. Oh. Okay. I feel like I've been doing this a lot today. Um, But also, he's just a funny comedian, and um, I just like watching him on Instagram because he, like, talks shit about everybody, and he talks shit about Donald Trump. He calls him Dick Stain Trump. I mean... So... <laughs> Um, and plus he had a, like a three part, um, episode arc on Friends, which is my favorite show ever. Oh. But, um, yeah, I'm watching it. It's good. I have one episode left. Chris and I have watched it between last night and the night before. We had one episode left, but whatever. He had to go home because he has work in the morning. So I didn't get to finish it, but I'm very bummed. So I'm hoping I can finish it tonight because it's really good. I can't believe it's back so quickly. I know. It's like one of the Netflix shows that they kind of like. Thank God, because most of them take years. They do. And I'm like, um, I don't fucking remember the show at all. Well, thank God they usually do those little like five minute thing in the, the beginning. Because even then I was like, what the fuck? What just happened? I don't remember any of this. But yeah. So that would be my obsession. It's so good. And there's actually, they put a lot of good stuff this month. So I'm excited. Well, that's cool. They put Grease back up, so that's going to be my go-to There's when Grease I... on mm-hmm. there? Oh, fuck yeah. Which is a musical. I know. There's Exceptions, Which is funny, because your favorite Marilyn movie is also a musical. I know. There's Exceptions. Um, But yeah, that's usually what I'll watch when I get ready. That or Crybaby. Which I'm super excited, because um, John Waters is also emceeing the burlesque show again this year at Viva. Even though we're not going, but I'll make him take me. You're but, not going to Viva or you are going to Viva? We're not supposed to. We're doing this thing where we're trying to save money to buy a house. <laughs> I... As I just bought shoes that were I way have, overpriced. Oh, yeah. I have t- I have a few different events that I want to go to that are all like kind of around the same time. And I feel like I'm going to have to pick two. And like, I think I'm probably going to Viva. And Star Wars Celebration. Because, mm-hmm. like, obviously I have to... It's in Anaheim. Yeah. So, like... Super close at the convention hello. center, right? I think so. So, Star Wars is my life. Um, he already was like, well, I guess, like, really, Viva's only, like, a thousand dollars, and, like, I guess... And he's he was like, as long as you promise not to buy anything. And I was like, I think I could do that. I have dresses in my closet that still have tags on them that I purposely bought for last year's Viva. And then I was like, oh my God, I have nothing and bought a bunch of stuff. So oh, I'm no. like, I literally have, I don't need to purchase anything. So I think we're going to go. I feel like I could do that. I only bought one thing at Viva when I went. I bought my Elvira purse. No, like, I can't, I like usually buy brand new everything for Viva. Mm-mm. Because I do two outfit changes a day. No. So he's like, you gotta rein it in I think I only changed my outfit one... Like, I changed... I did two outfits in one day one time. For the car show? For the car show. Just because it's fucking burning hot and you're still. I stood in line to see Elvira for like three hours and and was wearing a La Femme Noir dress. Yeah. Which is 14 pounds. Christ. So, yeah. We'll see. No obsessions? Nothing? Got nothing? <clears throat> I guess 
trying to think of what I've been watching. <laughs> um... Did you get to see the love of your life this weekend? I have no idea what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. He was on the podcast, was, or the Lady Gang, which is Jack Benick's other podcast. He was on it today, which is funny because they recorded it back in August, but that's fine. Um, and it was hilarious how hot mess of the, like, the whole episode is. But he, like, loves them so much it's cute. I don't know what you're talking about. So I can't. <laughs> I don't know. What you're, I don't know. Um, you went to that recording, right? What recording? Please tell me you did. For who? What's that podcast called? I don't know. I forgot. Doesn't mean anything to me. Um, hmm. I guess I've been watching The Office again. I like The Office. I don't. I don't like the Michael Scott character. It drives me nuts. It's really like cringy and like, like Steve Carell's great, but that character was. No, I watch it for the other characters, like the Pam and the Jim and the Angela and like all that stuff and like the, the rivalry between Jim and Dwight and all that and like the Office Ladies podcast just started with um, Angela right. Kinsey. And Jenna Fisher. Mm-hmm. And it's only on episode three. So I started watching uh, it again. Have you listened to the Dolly Parton podcast yet? No. You need to. <laughs> okay. It's so good. Oh. Basically, this guy, like, followed her around for, like, two years and just got to know her. Like, it was weird. It was through, like, he's a nurse or his wife was a nurse and somehow, somewhere, like, their paths intertwined. And he got the chance to, like, follow her around and ask her a bunch of these questions, and I feel like he would really like it. Okay. I forgot about it, and now you reminded me. Anywho. That's it for us this week. We'll see you next Thursday. But if you miss us in the meantime, remember, we're always with you in spirit. And we love you to death, death.